Are you ready for Chicago Bears football? You are listening to the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Stop it. Hosted by Bull Bearded Beauties, Gal and Danny Boy. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears, Bear Dumb. Hi, folks. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. We're all depressed, so, you know, we won't try to just bombard you with more negativity, but no, obviously, the product on the field was disgusting. Samir was actually at the game, so we're going to hear some very funny stories there. And I actually was out to a dinner with friends from out of town, so I wasn't able to actually watch the game live, just watching stats on my phone. And thank the good Lord, I didn't have to go through that live. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that was you know I like I was saying I, I I've been since 2019 I've been to a dozen more than a dozen Bears games Jeez. and this you know including the the London game and you know this is the worst game I've ever been to that's not hyperbole I, I really sat there yesterday and Sunday afternoon, when I went to a sports bar with, uh, you know, a friend of mine who flew in from Germany to watch this game. Shout out, uh, Nick. Shout out, Nick, from Germany. Miss you, man. I'll see you next time. And, you know, you're just thinking to yourself, well, what, what makes you feel good about this organization going forward? I think that's kind of the big question. Because when you're watching the game and the vibe in the stadium, Danny, it was nothing like I've ever felt before. I've been to some bad games. I've been to games where we get our butts whooped, right? But this was not that. This was just like a, dis, you know, it was a embarrassing, uh, bumbling mess of a, of a thing, right? <laughs> where, um, Yikes. you know, we, we were the better team. Because I know people are going to say, oh, the Bears, oh, we had a lot of injuries. So did they. They had. They were missing Lamar Jackson. They were missing their number yep. one runner. They're missing their two best wide receivers. They're missing all kinds of dudes on their defense. Uh, that defense coming into the game was, I think, 29th in the league. You know, in in pass in in, in passing, and I think it, they That's were something right. like like 18th in rush defense. Right? But like, you know, you you should have had this. This should have been coulda woulda shoulda coulda right? woulda shoulda. <laughs> And that's Listen, and bad think, teams find ways to lose. Bad teams find ways to lose. That's it. And then, yeah, that, you think, know, you're always looking for the, uh, the out. You're like, man, if only just this one thing didn't happen, if this one thing didn't happen. You know, it was like that Detroit team that was like 0-16 that one year. They lost every game, I think, by like one point at the very end. So they could yeah. have easily been 16-0, but they're not. They're 0-16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit of a hyperbole. But, yeah, I, think they, <laughs> I, I did actually check this out because uh, I think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. It is crazy. They lost twelve games by a, a score or less. <laughs> so that, it's not hyperbole. It's not hyperbole. Yeah. Come yeah. on, yeah. that's that's pretty crazy. Well, that's what's going on with Minnesota right now, right? They're five and five, and they've lost the five losses by eight points total. Just crazy, you know. Um, wow. So you know, I think, yeah, it's just it, it's hard to put in perspective. It, it is a a turning point moment, right? Because. Here now, I think you have – I think this game, you have a clear set of what this team is, right? Because the play calling – you can't blame on Nagy, but the play calling was not great. The talent you can put on – and we'll talk about some of the players specifically later. You can put on on, on, on pace. But then some of the decisions, because I know there was this narrative. It's like, well, maybe Nagy can be 
the CEO as a head coach. And you saw that that is not possible, right? This, this guy is a okay. stricken dude. Right? Everybody so. knows now what we're talking about here, right? Even me, who wasn't watching the game live, there were some mind-numbing things. And actually, Hogan Johns compared to some of them as, you know, the John Fox moment when he did the challenge against oh, the green, green bay. bay one <laughs> yeah and so this was that game these are some of those moments where uh forever memed right john fox yeah. just oh, closing his eyes and praying that he was elsewhere right um these are those moments right you just oh you're yeah not, you're not going to be on this team next year Nagy. it's a guaranteed at this point and you know it we all know it so that's what we're left with that Fox one, that was epic. That was he challenged the spot on the field and that turned into a Green Bay touchdown. Right? That, <laughs> yes. That's, yes. I mean, that is just crazy. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's yeah, insane. I mean, I mean, there wasn't one play like that comically. There wasn't one decision that comically bad, but like cumulatively. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe the field, maybe the extra point at the end was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? Right? Because there was three bad decisions there. No, the field goal thing is is mind-numbing because, and again, Hogan Johns shout out that, you know, Hogan was saying that people, when they're doing football one-on-one, like in high school, you know, you have like a little chart that if you're down by this amount of points, then you automatically know. There's nothing to think about. You just automatically know field goal or do I go for two? I mean, nothing to think about. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, there's literally nothing to think about. It is a chart with every possible score. Uh, and then there's another thing with that has like a, like how many points you're up in time. Right. And all you do is look at that chart and then you're done. You don't need like all the excuses where he's like, Oh yeah, guys are celebrating and they're, and, and, and they're doing great. And then I think there was another one where he said, Oh, my mic was out. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. That just tells me you're just completely undisciplined and you're not ready for this. Yeah. But you know, like, the mic out, the mic out is garbage anyway, because it's like, you should have already known you should have first of all one, trust. Yeah. yeah. You should have already had the next play called and it doesn't matter. And the thing is, in the end, trust your offensive coordinator to just call the play. Yeah, I mean, listen, honestly, you have probably – you already have a play going into this game for, hey, if we get into fourth and one, these are the two plays that we're going to call, right? And <laughs> forgot. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, even when they're explaining stuff, the explanation itself doesn't make sense, right? It's a lie, right? And either it's a lie or it's just – I hope it's a lie because otherwise you're just such a bumbling fool yeah. <laughs> that uh, that that disturbs me even more. Because you're right, you know when you went for it on third and one. And by the way, I think that the wind took that ball forward a little bit. I thought it was a good throw by Dalton, but it was just it was super windy on the field for some reason. And I think the wind just got away from him. Ballsy call, loved it. Good throw by Dalton. I do think Justin Fields makes that throw, by the way. Um, but that's the moment where you like you have 15 seconds basically between when you when when the play when the coach can't communicate with the 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 player anymore so it's within those 15 seconds you go okay if we don't get it here this is the play that's what you're doing in those 15 seconds i think Maggie's just like watching blankly i don't know what he's doing what, what what's going on there but that's i mean that 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 was frustrating but it's it was the extra point to me that really well, it was the it was the extra point, the fourth one. I didn't actually, I don't even know which one is worse, right? But they're both terrible. Um, and the fans, man, the fans have had it. So I'm sitting in in the United Club. You know, I'm not big timing here, you know. But uh, yeah, nice, nice, 
you know, rich people seats, you know, nice, nice, nice seats. A nice uh, friend of ours had invited him. For yeah, the nice. yeah, 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 it was, yeah, yeah. Chicken wine, thank you very much. So, you know, I'm sitting next to cardiologists and, you know, lawyers and, and successful businessmen. And these guys, by the end of the game, are breaking off uh, the, the cup holders and, and tossing them <laughs> at the, uh, at the oh owner's box. Because, God. you know, you're like, okay. Um, this, and then we saw another girl who was not even in our section at all at the end. Uh, and she, she had like, she was carrying uh, one with her outside of Soldier Field just to send a message. And you're like, okay. Um, like, these are like, these Yikes. aren't like the, the, the plebs in the 400 level. Okay. Uh, these are, <laughs> these are the, <laughs> these are like, Jesus. you know, doctors and lawyers and, you know, all generally skew a little older um, oh, uh, types God. of people. And like, there's just, there's just such a frustration where it's just like, how can okay. you not see this? Yes. No, right? first of all, no, people should definitely take personal responsibility and accountability for themselves, right? It's like, this is a game, so calm down, people. Don't be committing felonies, eh? But, I mean, I get it. People are frustrated. We spend a lot of money, put a lot of time investing into this team. And, you know, it doesn't just – if we just gave our best effort and all of our players and our coaches and our management, they just gave their best efforts, we feel that, and we just come up short – you could kind of swallow that tough pill. But when you just feel no, it's just because, A, the management just doesn't care about us. They just want to keep making money. And so they just hire, make poor choices because they're incompetent. So, of course, then we have incompetent people. Like, yes, you just get frustrated by all these things because it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't, no, it doesn't. Have to be that way. Yeah. I mean, now, I do think the players are, are playing hard. I mean, Roquan Smith yes. was playing hard. Robert Quinn was playing hard. I think, I think Mooney... And I'm going to talk about Mooney. I'm going to say some bad things. I'm just prefacing that right now. Ooh. He was playing hard. Um, I don't think it's an effort issue. I think there's some IQ issues with some of our players. And I know nobody likes to hear that. And it's it sounds unfair. But I'm sorry. when If you're Kindle Vildor, a guy who I've defended on this show for the whole season, you have four games in a row now where you've blown coverage where you have just completely blown coverage. That's not on Sean Desai. That's not on Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace, whatever, right? Maybe the fact that Vildor's paying is on, is on Pace. But you can't blow four coverages. Like, I mean, that's 100% on you. That cost us against the Steelers. That totally cost us today. He had that terrible PI call where it was just embarrassing. And then he just let Sammy Watkins walk up the field. Like, listen. If Sammy Watkins catches a ball over you while you're defending him, fair play to Sammy Watkins and fair play to Tyler Huntley. You got beat, you know. But if if you just make the wrong decision at the line of scrimmage because you don't understand what your responsibility is, you can't. And this is the fourth time in a row you've done this. You can't. You, you can't be on the field. You know. You just. Well, that's you, it. You just can't that's be on it. the field. No, and it, so it becomes like a leadership thing. It's just why, what, are they that desperate? You can't bring in anybody else serviceable? At least, okay, a person who's not talented, but at least they know their basic assignments. I mean, yeah, you just can't, you can't have somebody who doesn't even know why they're there be on the field. It's obvious. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, and, and, and now I, 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 I think, I mean, the best thing about going to that game yesterday was, was sitting in the United Club, and I can't wait till I get my actual season tickets for United Club because it's such a such a better experience than what I normally do. 
Um, but it's that was that was a great experience. It's the closest I've ever been to Virginia McCaskey. I can feel the dark side, you know, uh, because she was, oh. I guess, maybe fifty feet directly above me, right? Um, you know, if Emperor Palpatine had a girlfriend, it oh, would look a lot like Virginia it. McCaskey. Stop I'm serious. It. I'm serious. No, how come she don't... gets no? How come she gets no? How come she gets no heat? Seriously, Listen, she has been the... here the whole time. <laughs> She's been yeah. here the whole time. How come she gets no heat? I mean, because we no. like her because, yeah. like, you know, she's the first female minority or majority owner. Yeah, great. And, you know, and she's such a character. But, I mean, man, like, she's been here for all of it. Through all the different McCaskey sons, the Game of Thrones between the McCaskies. She's been she's been lording over the whole thing this entire time. I know. No, sure. I guess you I know? don't know her personality enough that, you know, if in the end, is she just obviously a passive owner and she just lets her sons really – do the managing and she she just doesn't understand the game as much i i don't know i it, yes it certainly is upsetting it's just like why why are this why is the steelers organization they just have their shit together there's some organizations out there that just are always finding ways to win or get talent and we decade in decade out just can't it's frustrating man there's nothing to say about it i get it it's frustrating yeah i, I don't mean, know but... she's an old lady though i just don't want to you know you know, yeah, and it's, the old it's, lady, but I get it. I get it. It's not even it's not even a question of, you know, you need a guy because you know Jeff Bezos was at uh, Hallis Hall last week and everyone got so excited, right? Uh, it's not <laughs> even a question of of having a super billionaire owner because you know the Steelers are family owned, right? Uh, and they have no other business. The 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 Giants, even though I, these last few years for the Giants have been pretty pretty bad, they do have two Super Bowl rings with Eli Manning and 10 years before that, they went to a Super Bowl with Kerry freaking Collins, right? So they have three Super Bowl appearances and two wins in the, in the century. So, and then, you know, they, they were a pretty good team in the nineties and they were a very good team in the eighties. So like they have had some level of success for 40 years. Right. Uh, so it's not even that. And then, and then you look at the, the Kansas city chiefs, right. Um, they're family owned as well. Right. So it's not that, you can't win with a family mom and pop store kind of attitude, but you need to know what the dynamics are of winning. Now, so this this is where I want to I want to shift now to a little bit more big picture and just get away from this game because it just makes my skin crawl and it makes me depressed. And you can hear the the my, my voice cracking a little bit because I, by the way, I folks, screamed Samir was with exasperated. Anger. Yes, after his whole most depressing experience. I got a lot of WhatsApp voice messages of his depression. Uh, maybe we'll even play some live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not do that. Oh, we can do uh, we can do some of the shorter ones, right? But yes, you know it, it was yeah. And then yesterday, and then yesterday, I went to the Bulls game because I just wanted to see something good. I wanted to see the Bulls just pummel the Pacers. And I was talking to somebody for the, the first quarter, so I missed the quarter, first quarter. And then we just got railroaded the rest of the game. We lost by. We were down by almost 30. Um, it was like, great. Uh, what, what, what a craptastic way to end the week. You got some bad karma. Dude, you got some bad karma. And by the way, what? Let me guess. At the Bulls game, you were talking about the Bears. I was, yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. I <was>. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, by the way, and we probably said this on another show. Remember when we were at the Cubs game when I was in town? And somebody's like, oh, guys, we're at the Cubs game. Can you please stop talking about the Bears? And so we're like, yeah, yeah, fine, of course. And then yeah. we started talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very loudly. We said, 
is Mark Hamill the? Was there too much Mark Hamill in that Luke Skywalker performance in the Last Jedi? I think something yeah. like that is what we were talking about. But you know the the, the the Bulls game. By the way, there was a bunch of fire Nagy chants as well, and I feel bad oh, for Nagy in a, in a sense that it's inescapable. His kid was playing a a, a football game for Lake Forest High School, um, and there were fire Nagy chants. Now that's like a step too far. Like don't 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 chant at the kid. Uh, no, see that's ignorance. That makes me sick. Like, yeah, really, f off, people, get a life. Yeah. Right, exactly. But like, he is so vilified that I think, and you can tell that I, I haven't watched the telecast yet. I'm not planning on watching the telecast. I just want to delete this game from my memory. I'm not going to do any all 22 review. I might do one on Mooney, but nothing else. Um, you know, you can tell. Like, it's 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 something's happening, right? So you know. The Eastern Illinois bros, you know, uh, Ryan Pace and Tony Romo, he, he basically, you know, convinces Romo that there's talent on this roster. Um, but I think that we're getting – we're so down on Nagy that we're blaming him for everything. That's, and yeah. a lot of these things aren't his fault, right? Like, no, you know, it's Biden's, not. It's not it's, I mean, I swear to God, like Biden's infrastructure bill is not passing. We're going to blame that on Matt Nagy. Okay, well, it's, well, it's, it's Nagy. Into... No, it's also Pace. It's also Pace. <laughs> But we've gotten to this crazy place now where it's it's like Mitch at the end, where you had a certain section of this fan base that thought he was like the Antichrist or something, you know? Like it was, you know, now Mitch is not a good player, not saying that he was secretly good and he destroyed him, but he wasn't a disaster. And maybe, maybe I think maybe Nagy is a disaster, but, you know, it's, you, you can't ignore Ryan Pace here. Right, we're talking no, about Kindle Vildor. No, people, I know anybody who really knows the team. Maybe we're, you're you're always just going to vent on more of the public face, right? Um, whether that's the quarterback or, or the coach, but certainly anybody who follows follows this team has to absolutely know that Pace is just as much of a villain in the story as anybody else. I mean, yeah. No matter what, okay, yeah, Nagy really finds ways to bumble around, bumble the play calling and bumble the timeouts and call another timeout and then another timeout. But the thing is, I mean, that roster has some major, major deficiencies. We have no money to spend. We have no draft picks. It's there. You don't get there for a reason. You can't just blame all that on coach. Anybody who's paying attention knows that pace is just as much to blame. Come on. Did you, could you imagine if we actually got Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, how depressing the situation would be? Because if we got Russell Wilson, we would have given up four first-round draft picks. We probably would not have Roquan Smith on this team. Akeem Hicks, I think, was part of that package as well. Those were the two rumored players that were part of that package. Those four picks plus Roquan and, and, and Hicks. Man, I mean, it would just be – It would be Houston. It would be Houston. We'd be – Remember last year, Mitch B. Houston, like we destroyed Houston. Yeah. It's like yeah. there's only so much a great player can do when there's no talent around him. And you come yeah. Up. And so it's just like, I, I wonder, it's like, should we even give him credit? Because it's like the Giants passed on fields, Denver passed on fields, Carolina passed on fields. Like we never thought that he would, fields would fall to where he did. Now, fields didn't have a good game yesterday, but I don't, I like, again, I don't know, we're going to talk about Matt Nagy here again. It's like, did you not learn anything from that Steelers game? I mean, it makes me crazy. You know, the first two plays for Andy Dalton, okay? It's a zone boot. 
uh, you know, that would be nice to run with Justin Fields. That would be good. And it's a screen pass. You know, that would be good to run with Justin Fields as well. Why do we not run this with Justin Fields and we run with Andy Dalton? It makes no sense, Danny. Just no sense at all. So that's on coaching. But I'm sorry. I just had to bring that up because he was just like, you're watching it. And like, it's just like, what, what, is, what is happening here? But yeah, pace, coming back to pace. Vildor, we already talked about. I want to talk about Darnell Mooney. Okay. Cool. 16 targets. Yeah. Five catches. Yeah, I one saw a lot bad of ball. Yeah. One bad throw on those 16 targets. So, you know, you had a lot of drops. And what I've been saying this whole time, uh, and this is not about me puffing up my chest being uh, about being right, because I think Darnell Mooney can be a functional player in the offense. But he's not a wide receiver one. He's not a wide receiver two. He's probably on a good team, not even a wide receiver three, because he does okay. not run routes. He's oh, not no. a route runner. You watch him. The, the first pass to Mooney, which should have been a touchdown if he ran his route correctly, uh, Justin, he, come, he runs back. He's laughing. He's smiling. Uh, comes to Justin Fields. And Justin Fields lets him have it. You can hear Fields' voice in the 200 level. Lets him have it right there on the field. You know, what does uh, he, he, he say? Well, all you heard is like, rah, 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 rah. You, you can hear somebody's yelling, but you can't actually hear what the uh, the words are. Uh, but you heard, you know, pretty audibly. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. And so you heard that pretty audibly. But like he let him have it because it's like, what are you doing? You why? And it's like a, it's the type of route that he didn't get right. It's like a high school route. You know, if you have no safety over the top of you, you're running a flat, you're running uh, a slant to the corner. Once you get to the corner, turn up. Because nobody's there. It's a touchdown. And that's where Justin Fields threw it. And Mooney's just kind of, you know, hanging out underneath for no reason. Because he's not a receiver. He's more like a Piercy Harvin type. And Piercy Harvin, I think, was, wasn't he the Super Bowl MVP? I think he was. Or am I, maybe I'm misremembering that. Uh, I do remember Piercy Harvin having some amazing moments. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a type, there's a role for that type of player, but I mean, the wide receiver one conversation that needs to stop because he's not he's not close to a wide receiver one. And before people start saying, "Oh, he's young," no, he, he, here's what's happening. After the twenty six, the twenty sixteen year is kind of a demarcation a year. You have to start looking at players differently because what happened is that all these seven on seven leagues brought it up where you, the best players in the country play each other all the time all year round the best quarterbacks the best receivers the best corners the best tight ends they all play each other all year round so they are getting and they're getting coached oftentimes by former nfl players and coaches so they are getting a set of experience where you have to now shave off a year for what like if you thought like a player took three years to develop now we take that same position as two years. You know, on, on average, everyone is different, obviously. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hey, can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. All right, sorry. We lost, lost connection there. But this is like where... I'm at like, so like, I like 
Hester. I like Komet, but not in these roles. And this is what I, I, I keep seeing people who defend Pace going, oh, he drafted Mooney in the fifth. So what? So what? He's not a, he's not a superstar. He's a nice player. And okay, yeah, he, listen, he, find, he finds a lot of talent in the fifth, which is great. I mean, yeah. the thing is, we don't have a whole roster of players. So great. It doesn't help when you don't hit in the second round a million times. It's like, great, you, you hit in the fifth, thank God, because the thing is you missed so many times in the second round, you're like traded up a million times in the second round and missed. So, I'm going to save that Excel sheet for when we do an off-season show. But I think – and I want to hear your answer on this, Danny. There's really only one, I think, existential question. Who do you trust more to get the future of the Bears right? Is it Ryan Pace or is it George and Ted? Oh, Jesus. Oh God! We can distill it all down, right? But that's the question. That's the question that matters because that's the que- that's the question that needs to get answered, right? If you can't answer that question, you can't move forward, right? Because I think we yeah. both think Nagy is gone. There's no way. So let's not even dedicate any more of our precious breath on that. It's this question that matters. What do you think? I mean. The top brass, I mean, on them, at least, then maybe they can get lucky and make the right pick. Because, I mean, Pace, there's no chance to, to save this franchise. I think it's like that Pittsburgh Steelers end-of-game scenario where you have either a field goal that has no chance, that's Ryan Pace, or uh, a Hail Mary that has maybe a 1% chance of being successful, and that's George and Ted. Um, I mean, I think- yeah, George and Ted need to get lucky. Exactly. George and Ted need to, they obviously don't have the eye for the game. I mean, you could tell when Ted, it was very telling. And I always go back to this when Ted never met, um, never met, not Hoyer. Oh my God. I'm just blanking because I'm sleep deprived. My Bruce, son Bruce my Arians, guests. maybe. I think you said Bruce Arians. No, the, no, the Cubs owner, Cubs owner who just left. Oh, just, uh, Ricketts. Um, no, the oh, GM. the guy before the Ricketts. Oh, oh, Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Theo, Theo Epstein. No, sorry, folks. Oh, my God. People are going to think I'm not from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I'm sleep deprived, people. My, my son's been farting all night, and I don't sleep. Um, no, so Ted never met Theo Epstein, or he met him once. He's like, yeah, I met him in passing. It's like, you mean you're not sitting down with that guy, like, once a month and having your families meet and really talking? I mean, you guys are part of Chicago sports. You've only met once. It's like, you don't care about the game, do you? You do not care about football that much. You do not care about sports that much. This is a money-making thing, isn't it? Yeah, so but that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like sometimes. Because I think that what the owner of the Hawks went and talked to Theo Epstein about, like, how, you know, how do you build something up and then how do you tear it down to build it up again, right? And I think that was, that was what he talked to him about. And, like, yeah, the Hawks are in a down phase. But, listen, they had a great run. You can't keep it forever. And especially kind of men – Yeah, and especially in hockey – you know, you have, you have to be able to kind of be able to understand how to ride that wave. And who better to talk about that with than Theo Epstein? <laughs> and, yeah, like, and the guy's right there. He's right there. And, and especially, and especially that the Cubs had a very heavy weight to them, right? This oh, bad yeah. sports karma. It just, like, haunts the team, and it, it makes everybody nervous and edgy, the fans, the players. I mean, 
really wasn't Bartman who lost that game. And the fans were upset and Pryor was upset and Moises Alou was upset. It's just a collective, like, bleh, energy. It's just like, you need somebody to reset that. Theo Epstein did. He reset it. We were going to the playoffs every year. Okay, we only won one ring, but we were going to the playoffs every year. And it was something special, right? It's yeah. like, w- winning in baseball. Yeah, I mean, winning in baseball is really hard. And it's really yeah, hard to season, win two in a row. And it's a long season. So winning one is a huge accomplishment. And I think they went to, what, two other playoffs, right? And listen, that job well done, Theo. Thank you very much, right? But you exactly. have him. That, and I remember when the question was asked, George and Ted were, like, offended. Like, why would we talk to a baseball guy? <laughs> like, it's like, okay, you don't even see that then, right? And I, there's a, there's a pop, part of the population in Chicago that loves the fact that they live in really crappy quarter of a million dollar houses in Lake Forest, right? Uh, by the way, if you're not from Chicago, I know we have a lot of international fans. A quarter of a million dollars in Chicago does not buy you really anything nice, okay? It's, a, it's, a, it's like a starter home for someone with a lot of student loans, okay? And, they, and this family still lives, Virginia still lives in the same house that she grew up in. George lives in the same house he bought in when he was, where he was given to by Virginia when he was 25. He has not moved out. To me, that is not a mark of pride. That's not doesn't make you blue collar. That makes you unambitious and boring. That's what it makes you, right? Uh, <laughs> that's a good that, point. That's a good point. You know, no, that's a good and, point because some people are like, "Hey, there's something commendable and blue collar about that." But then, yeah, you're like, "Yeah, yeah," it says something about your character as well. That you're just like, "No, I'm content with what I have in front of me." You're like, "That's great if you're just like, you know, I can." gardener or something you know you're, you're running a, a competitive violent sports empire come on now i mean they're they're not super rich i mean they're the poorest owners in football but they're like rich they're like normal person rich they're definitely doctor rich right <laughs> you know they're like lawyer rich they're like you know a senior vp in a in a company rich right those those guys live in houses like that I mean, my house is way nicer than that. Like, it's 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 crazy to me where um, you know some fans and 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 how they make excuses always for pace and ownership and just put everything on Nagy or everything on the coaches all the time while also just kind of ignoring the fact that like the, like who is the talent on this team? We talked about this very briefly last week. You know, and this is why that George and Ted versus Pace question is important. There are no real cornerstone pieces here when we kind of forecast to 2023 outside of Roquan Smith, Justin Fields. We hope Tevin Jenkins, but we haven't seen him play. Larry Boromano thinks he's a cornerstone, solid player. And Khalil Herbert, but he's a running back. I don't put David Montgomery nice. in there because David Montgomery, if he's there in 2023, will be either on the franchise tag or he'll be gone, right? Because last next year's is his last contract year. So, you know, and where you didn't, are we? You didn't do a soft reset either. You know, you didn't do that Viking soft reset where you're like getting rid of very loved and cherished players because you're like, yeah, I just can't play these guys. And, you know, this is a business. So we got to uh, we gotta unload these contracts and think of the future and try to do a softer rebuild. Instead, now we are going to start by having nothing. Yeah, I mean, look <laughs> at the gotta guys. We got to start at peace by slow peace. Not yeah, great Dan, for, that's a great yeah, point. Look at where the, what the Vikings did. They got rid of Kyle Rudolph, fan favorite, right? They got rid of uh, um, Stefan Diggs, fan favorite. They got rid of 
Everson Griffin fan favorite. There's another defensive player that they got rid of as well, the cornerback whose name's escaping me. I think it was Xavier Rhodes. Um, they got rid of a lot of players. Uh, Riley Reef, they got rid of uh, their left tackle. And where are they right now? They're five and five coming off a, a really a just it was a closer game than I thought. But if you watch that game, the Vikings kicked the like the Packers' ass. Like it was a close Isn't game. That crazy? But they beat them up. They, they beat they, them up. They yeah. find a way, even like we can end up beating them, but then they find a way to beat Green Bay. They always manage to find yeah. a way. I envy that because we have some collective loser dumb where that just keeps us from ever being able to beat that team. Yeah, and then, well, like you said before, they're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, two weeks ago, I said, I'm not scared of the Vikings at all. We're going to beat them twice. But then I started looking into the Vikings games and watching the watching them play more because I usually watch all the Packers games because I view the Packers as a as more of a rival than I do the Vikings. But we're not we're not beating the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings are significantly better at almost every aspect of football. They have a better defense. They have better defensive line play, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the team we make fun of for some stupid reason. But, like, we're a joke. We are the Jaguars with a better history, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> Come on. How, what can you say? The, 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 Lions, the, the Lions have more playoff appearances in the last 10 years than we do, you know? They don't have – actually, we don't have any wins either. Both of us are winless. But they've gotten – they've had one more trip in the last 10 years than we do. So, if we don't even have the number of playoff appearances, the Lions, I mean, <laughs> how, how are we saying this is good, right? Um, so to me, coming back to the question, Ryan Pace, I think there's zero chance he's going to get it right. Because, again, the other problem with Ryan Pace is which coach is going to want to come here to work for a GM that's on the hot seat already. So to me, you got to let him go. If you want a good coach, you have to start from scratch. So it doesn't even matter. Like, you have to get rid of Pace because there's, so, there's enough reasons. And, and trust me, boys and girls, I have a whole, <laughs> we have a whole show coming up on Ryan Pace. But we're going to do it in the offseason. We're saving for the offseason because we want to get all the data right on the cat numbers and the picks. And, you know, uh, we want to do a full proper autopsy. But the early results are it's a homicide and he killed the bears. <laughs> yep. You're speechless, Danny. You're <laughs> speechless. No, it's, it's. He obviously has a lot of explaining to do. I was just thinking of the logistics that by the time we started filming the show, he might be gone already, right? Like we're recording and we're, we're like, wow, we finished the show. And it's just like, oh no, he's actually fired. So yeah, well, let's, let's move um, to our kind of final point now. So this Lions yeah. game, if we lose this game, I do think Nagy will be fired. I think both of them will be fired if we lose this game. Um, so Wait, I'm fired in general or fired after the game? No, fired after the game. I think we'll be fired, fired after, after the game. game. Yeah, oh, wow, for the first time in Bears history. Well, uh, to be fair, I mean, I know that stack gets brought up a lot, but 50 no, but it's important. years, House, it's important. House was the coach, though, right? And then um, there was no advantage in, in firing them early, right? Now there is an advantage because you can start interviewing two weeks before the regular season is over. Um, and there are teams – now, I don't think the Raiders' job is an attractive job. I don't think the Giants' job is an attractive job. You, you have the most attractive job if you get rid of everybody. And I think what they should be doing is they should be, you know, calling up Ol a guy like Olin Krutz, not to, not to, to, to work there, but Olin Krutz is going to tell you what he thinks. Gary Fensick is going to yeah, tell you what he thinks. Exactly. Right? There are so many great minds out there. Exactly. 
just don't be so arrogant the hubris it's really just the hubris just this unwillingness like that you know better you haven't proved anything for decades the team's never i mean it's obvious right but it's not so obvious to them that that's the scary thing no it's not i mean they're, they're offended that you would even question their organizational structure you know that's where and and i think um you know, because they showed Virginia McCaskey like like giving the fist bump on the on the TV, um, you know, and she got booed immediately. By the way, if you're curious, uh, after a touchdown, oh uh, god! But like, no, she should be booed, Danny. She should be booed, right? Uh, what it, there was that famous story, right? When George Hallis died, um, he said, "Just anybody but Mike, who was her husband, right at the time." Um, he's like anybody but Mike, but then, you know, she ignored him. And then this is where we are. Right. So I put a lot of it on her and I hope she goes, I don't want to say that she dies or anything like Whoa. that. I hope, they, hey. I hope they sell quickly and quietly. I hope, yeah, I'm not wishing for an old lady to, 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 to heal over and die. Right. But no, I just want her out of my life. She can stay no, in that little house. Yeah, that's fine. No, listen, like, okay, yeah. I always like to bring the human element of this. Obviously, like, this is a human being, all this stuff. No, but the thing is, what we're thinking about just as a team, it's just like, no, inevitably, um, you know, Virginia will pass. And the thing is, it's a hard thing when it comes to the taxes that all those, you know, the family members, the kids will have to pay. And the thing is, yeah, I mean, it does seem that it, there is a good chance they could be like, you know what? And we have Arlington as part of the whole package deal to sell to the next person because we don't want to get into the business of this because we just don't really care so much about this. You know, this is our, our relatives thing and we're just not that much into football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that, and, and I know a lot of people push back on when, 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 uh, when people, when people like us say like George doesn't even like football, I can tell you why he doesn't like football. He doesn't, he hasn't learned anything about football. And he's the owner of, 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 of a team. And he doesn't know anything about football. And he's so happy to say that I don't know anything about football. Well, you know, like, you don't have another job, right? At least get somebody like, you know, Brett Coleman or Robert Mays or, again, one of these other former players. Bring them over to your house. Have them teach you what cover two looks like. What's the difference between cover two and cover three? So that when you're watching the game, you're not just getting hoodwinked by Ryan Pace and, and, and Matt Nagy just selling you a bunch of just nonsense because they're, they're obviously selling them something that doesn't match reality. We don't know what they're selling them, but I think that's why I want them to lose against the Lions. This is the first time in years I've said I hope the, the Bears lose because I think this is a destructive thing that's happening. I don't know about this a, this kind of A-Rob-derived report that Nagy's lost in the locker room because they, to my eyes – they play hard. They're just not that good. <laughs> you know, um, the, they, they do play hard, but they're just not that good. That doesn't seem like some. It's not like Mark Tressman, where when you're watching the product on Sunday, you know they quit on the – you know they quit because guys are just like walking. <laughs> you know, they're walking off and on the field and yeah. – that's not happening. I just, think, I just don't think they're very good. And I, and I can also buy the fact that they don't respect Nagy as a coach. I could buy that, right, because why would you? I mean, what, what, what are these game plans? Well, these game plans well you are like crazy. to – listen, in the end, you know, you end up – things end up working when you win, okay? And the thing is, yeah, you might think he's a good guy and, like, a really nice personal guy, but when you just keep losing, 
um, you're getting the heat on you. I mean, listen, it's, it would be like your work colleagues. You know, if, you're, if your boss keeps yelling at you, eventually you're just inevitably going to turn on each other and just be like, yeah, you know, this person's laziness costs this to me. You start really, you know, nitpicking each other and then it's not a pleasant place. So this is inevitable. And well, they're not winning because there just isn't, you know, good, talented people in the positions they need to be in terms of the players, in terms of the coaching, in terms of the GM. And so, yeah, this is what you get. You get that the whole pace era was only one freaking winning season. I mean, it's, it's got to go. <laughs> and, and, you know, you think, you think about that one winning season. What is different between those eight and eight seasons and, and that winning season? It's just a stupid amount of turnovers, you know, and that's, that's it. That's really the difference. And look, if that's what it was, then that 2018 season, you had to also put into the proper perspective. It's like, yes, you had good pressure that year. Uh, actually, you didn't have good pressure. To be fair, you had very, very good pressure with Khalil Mack in kind of full, you know, Aries God of War mode. But it was a turnover, and you you had twelve. You were 12, you still had a bad offense, you know. Yep. You still had, um, you know, your your own kind of inconsistencies. It's like this this defense when they need a stop, they seem like not never to get it. Like whether it was okay. Philadelphia okay. in that playoff game, sure, sure. But the you no, know sure, I get it. But the thing is, the original sin is still Trubisky, right? Um, yes, it, it still always goes back to that because the thing is, still even with the lack of turnovers after that that dominant year. Um, they were still holding teams to 17 points and maybe yes. they weren't the lights out defense. But the thing is, if they just had a competent offense and a competent QB, um, you know, they would have won a lot more games. They won eight games that year. So um, yeah, no, as far as I'm concerned, right. It's, it was still that, right. It was still that, but then, yeah. you know, fine. You know, you didn't pick the QB, but then you don't do yourself any favors. You're in, you're out when it comes to everything else of your decisions, the backloaded contracts then. The trading draft capital and on and on and on and on, you know. Yeah, so, I was thinking recently yeah. about Ryan Pace hiring Matt Nagy. So, Ryan Pace at this point, so 2017 is complete. He had the job, he's fired John Fox. He's had Mitch Trubisky in the building for a year, almost almost a year and a half, right? When you just look at the kind of complete, like the, the, the calendar time line, right? Uh, that he's had uh, uh, Mitch around. They've obviously talked. He's watched him. He's heard Dave Ragone, who's the quarterback coach, that he kept on even after Nagy got here. That was his decision, as was Helfrich and he stand. Um, he, he then thought that a coach like Matt Nagy, who really only understands the quick game and that kind of horizontal West Coast uh, spread, uh, spread out kind of uh, shotgun run game, would be a good match for Mitch knowing that Mitch never run that kind of system. And then you've given him a coach that only knows how to run that system. Like that's also like a big miss. Like, because like, I'm not talking about Matt Nagy, the man here or the actual individual person I'm talking about like what Matt Nagy is experienced in versus what Mitch was experienced in. And you can't use the excuses. Like I don't, I, you know, college to pros, it's difficult to forecast. No, you had him for a year and you still chose Matt Nagy. That's why like, I don't know. And uh, apparently the Fields pick was a Nagy pick. Nagy was the guy who went, uh, and this is reported by Dan Weirder and Jeff Dickerson. So I totally trust those two. They, they reported that it was Nagy that really wanted Fields um, and, and, uh, and not Pace. So 
you know, I think there's enough there. I mean, there's so much on, on Nagy. He's gone. He's just not, you know, he's not, and he's not doing enough anyway, but pace, my God, like I, it, I never got triggered by the truthers. I got triggered a little bit by some of the crazy ones, but I do get triggered with the pace ones. I do because it's like, it's like, what are on earth are you even looking at? Yeah. All right. So we've, we've complained enough now. Yeah. It's yeah. No, we've, we've been... Okay, folks. Thanksgiving. We are thankful for many things in our life. We're not feeling so thankful for this team. So try to focus on the things you do have rather than things that we, that we do not have. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a terrible, it was a terrible two week stretch. Spoiler alert to everybody. So if you want to stop now, you can stop now. But the Celestial sucked. It was a terrible movie. Terrible Eternals. Movie. Eternals. Oh, sorry. The Eternals. I can't even remember the names. Dude, I get them. I get unwatchably them so bad. <laughs> even you if know. you're not, it was just an unwatchably bad movie. It just didn't even know what the hell was going on. And so Samir and I have been uh, been bitch fest lately. And so yeah, um, yeah, we're trying but to find was- some positive. That was bad. bad. The Bears are bad. The Bulls yep. lost by 30 to the Pacers. Let's just kind of take a break. Be thankful for what we have in life. I have a beautiful, lovely wife. Danny, you've got a beautiful family in a, in a city that's got great weather all year round. True. Thank you, man. Uh, you know. Uh, keep positive, folks. And I want listen, still try to bear down. I know it's difficult. Try to bear down. And worst case scenario, this season is almost over, okay? And we will be licking our wounds soon enough, hopefully with a new coach. I mean, we're going to have a new coach. I think we'll have a new GM. So you know what? You could start counting those losses and look at it as like great, great picks that we'll get in the top of the second round. <laughs> yeah! Bear yeah, down. Baby. Bear down. We'll never forget the way you thrill the nation with your T-formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. The Bears. This is my Bears, people.